This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Q's of the Force. But where there are Q's, there must be A's. So we'll have those two. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Absock. I'm looking for A's. I love it. When there's Q's, there must be A's in Cinemascope this summer. <laughs> Just standing on a hill looking to the horizon. Where are my A's? My beautiful A's. I have too many Q's. Please give us A's. Here's one of our A's, an Audible intro. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We're continuing to recommend a book we just discussed. That is Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. Anybody out there enjoying the video game Jedi Survivor, mashing them buttons to make those lightsabers go and enjoying the story. <laughs> How dare you, sir. <laughs> uh, you you might enjoy this book as well. We enjoyed it and had a, a really fun uh, discussion about all, all the ideas in the book and, and about the, who these characters are and what matters to them and why and all sorts of great stuff. So if you're interested in checking out that book, uh, you can get it free and it really uh, helps us. You can download your free audio today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. And to be clear, I wish I had a PlayStation 5 so I could be mashing those buttons to make the lightsabers go. Uh, I, I look forward to playing this game when uh, time and finances and physical space under my television allows. Might be the biggest issue with that old PS5, which is great. Yeah, blessed to have it, blessed to be playing the game. Uh, my struggles with it on, on, on live stream have been well documented, but since then I've calmed down, I've not streamed the game, and I'm I'm finding my way around with a little less anger and still mashing buttons, but it's uh, fun. And I'll tell you what, one of the reasons is this book, because I know a little, the characters a little bit more. So download it, like Joseph said, audibletrial.com slash four center. Let's just keep plugging it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one A down. we got several A's to go. Uh, we're doing our ask segment, letting people know how they can help us out. Ken, take it away. Yeah, our current ask is over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Force Center. We'd love to, uh, for you to consider checking that out. Great way to support the show, uh, help us grow, and help us keep going strong. I always say keep going strong. That's not a threat. We'll be going, even if it's Joseph and I recording once a year. Force Center will will be here. Uh, but we're trying to do some cool things here in 2023. And one of our things is a new goal. Uh, we're trying to reach $2,200 a month. That will make another Star Wars ranked live stream exclusive for patrons and released to the public later. Uh, that will make it a thing. And we did that. We had a fun episode ranking our favorite sequel trilogy scenes. And uh, we want to thank you all for making that uh, happen. But visit patreon.com slash force center to make our next goal. Uh, with uh, part of this uh, growth and trying to plan for not just this year, but the future, we put out a wonderful survey. Uh, I say wonderful because I really thought it was great, great market research. <laughs> and I've enjoyed looking at the answers. But to help us uh, get a bigger picture, we're trying to get a total of 1,000 responses. And we're trying to do this by May 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific for you time zoners over there. Uh, to do this, you can find a link on our socials, but also surveymonkey.com slash r slash vjk8k79. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash vjk8k79, like a droid that's going to help you move forward in a game. Those are our asks, sir. 
Yeah, those are great asks. And this isn't an ask, but a, a tease of an ask. Uh, I mentioned this on a new show. Uh, I've got a new creative project I'm working on with some wonderful partners. Uh, Ken is going to be involved, and I'll be launching a crowdfunding campaign, a Kickstarter for that uh, very soon. So if you might be interested in that, uh, keep your eye open uh, on this spot and, you know, the socials, uh, as as Ken said. Uh, I, I forgot that people used it. That, that's such an easy, quick word, the socials. The socials, the socials. <laughs> like a, Remember old parlances of the time that seemed like yesterday? <laughs> it really is. That's that's when, you know, Gen Z and, and millennials are like ancient, right? And he's like, I remember the early days of the socials. I, I kind of remember the first time, uh, different uh, podcast here today. I kind of remember the uh, first time I saw like on news, the morning news. Well, they're calling it social media. I was like, well, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Oh, so you'd have to list uh, Friendster and MySpace every time. You can combine those and just call them social media. Yeah, I don't even remember the first day. That is amazing. I think I remember where I was when I heard about email. Anyway, that made me feel creaky and old. So let's move on. Uh, you know what? We have one more A. It's a, it's a wooga. It's a, an awareness of uh, some tweaks that we're playing with as we uh, keep looking at what we're doing here. Uh, we want to be able to uh, make sure that we have time to discuss uh, all the questions in depth, but not get the episodes uh, too super long as we sometimes do on Force Center. So we're experimenting with a slightly different structure here on Cues of the Force. We're going to have two questions from our patrons on Patreon. That's going to be uh, coming up first. And then we're going to do one question a week uh, from Twitter because we don't get as many questions there. And then we'll still be doing that power of the light side segment. So slight change up, uh, but everything else remains the same. We're taking the cues and we're hopefully given some A's. Are you ready, Ken? Yes, sir, I am. All right. Well, we go first then to patrons on Patreon. Uh, this comes to us from Robert Meadows. Robert says, greetings all. I was rewatching Tales of the Jedi and it seems like Qui-Gon's death was the final nail in the coffin for Dooku choosing the dark side. If Qui-Gon had lived, could he have saved his former master and old friend? Dooku seems confident in Attack the Clones that Qui-Gon would have joined him if he were alive. Uh, yes, they both agreed that the path the Jedi were on at the time wasn't the right one but I still don't think Qui-Gon would have joined the dark side. I think Dooku only believes this because of how corrupted he was by the dark side and how he couldn't let go of Qui-Gon after his death. If Qui-Gon had lived, I think there's a small chance he could have brought Dooku back to the light. What say you? Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I love that turn of phrase. What say you? It makes me feel like I should say uh, uh, yes to some mead in a hall uh, mm -hmm. and also say yes to everything that that robert said that that's a, my spoiler a ken uh, uh i agree with all this where where are you at i kind of do as well robert this is a very insightful question and comment and and thought starter here and it also reminds me that those tale of the jedi episodes all of them the soka ones uh included but god especially the dooku ones are just spectacular some of my favorite recent star wars storytelling because mm -hmm. it, it brings us all up it also kind of highlights the tragedy of someone like Dooku making these decisions. And I do believe there were decisions in conjunction with some corruption, but I think that's what corruption does. It kind of maybe leads you down a path to make some of these big decisions. So yeah, big yes to all of it. And I'll just start simple Joseph and, and pass the uh, talking hammer back to you. I do think there's a, 
a good chance, even maybe higher than a small chance that he could have brought Dooku back to the light. And maybe even a bigger chance that maybe Dooku pulls back from some of it if Qui-Gon is alive and is they're able to have more of these discussions. At the end of the day, I, I still think he was on this path and and and, and that could have um, all could all could have happened regardless. But uh, that's where I start with this. Yeah, I think it's a, a great place to 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 start. Um but I, I I really love everything that Robert lays out and i think that his, his analysis of tales of the jedi that um that qui-gon's death is the final nail in the coffin not for dooku necessarily uh for for any possibility of dooku stepping back he, he was already pretty far down the line of the yeah. dark side right when he's meeting with someone he knows <laughs> is yeah, a yeah. sith lord uh so I think it's really the final nail in the coffin of any chance of Dooku uh, turning back. And I think that's what's so great about that episode of Tales of the Jedi, the the Sith Lord. Um, mm. We see these two competing forces on Dooku. He wobbles a little bit on the dark side. He he, he questions whether the end result is going to justify what he's done. So I, mm-hmm. think, I think such a huge part of the dark side is lying to yourself. It's, it's giving in to your anger and your fear and in your lust for power but there's always not always i guess often in star wars an immediate rational justification for it too yes i I think that's what's going on in revenge of the sith when uh anakin gives into his his fear uh, of losing padme and and chooses uh, sidious over over mace and the jedi but then Sidious comes in with this sort of ridiculous claim of, well, if the Jedi were willing to assassinate me, which is already a massive bending of the truth, they're mm-hmm. going to go after the Senate next. They're going to slaughter the Senate, including your wife. And Anakin's like, I agree. Like, yeah, justifying. You're trying to rationalize that your choices are okay. And I think that's what's going on with Dooku in the Sith Lord of, we got mm-hmm. to see that he was right to disagree with the Senate in the Jedi, that they weren't holding up uh, their lofty ideals of actually helping people. So he was right about the problem and wrong about the solution that (laughs) uh, murdering Mm -hmm. people, lying to people, betraying his closest uh, friends, starting a war to manipulate people. Mm -hmm. He knew all those things were wrong, but he was still trying to justify himself that it's what the galaxy needed. You know, that's what's going on in that Palpatine conversation. Um, so a little bit of wobbling on the dark side, maybe. But then I think he really is pushed over the edge in the episode by Qui-Gon's death because now he can just blame the Jedi. And I think that's there in his conversation with Yaddle about Yaddle, you know, like agreeing, like maybe if we had listened to you that the dark side was reemerging, maybe Qui-Gon wouldn't have died. And I think it just, it makes him easier to be like, yep, the Jedi are wrong. They took Qui-Gon from me. Even though a literal Sith Lord killed him on his master's orders, he's still blaming the Jedi. Yeah, great look at it there. Some of the stuff you're talking about. I don't know where I've heard this in real life, but where someone's like, if they could do this to me, they could do it to you. I don't know where that kind of thing comes into play (laughs) in real life of uh, grab up your weapons and defend yourself from this thing that's definitely going to happen to you. Uh, I I don't know where I've heard that before. But uh, (laughs) another thing you you said before, said there as well, like, um, the Qui-Gon thing and um, Robert, again, great thoughts here, but it's like mm-hmm. the Qui-Gon 
isn't this final straw breaking as if it was holding Dooku back and the dam broke and there comes the dark side. Exactly what you kind of said of, that's it. That's the thing I needed. Uh, and, and not that he's celebrating Qui-Gon's death. He's, he's, he's clearly torn up about it. Absolutely. Totally gets that. Especially because we get to see early on, he had some respect for Qui-Gon as he's coming up. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you did good there. I maybe, I maybe slipped a little bit. You did good. Kind of the, the spirit of some of that first episode. But, but you know what I mean? Of just like, it's not like, okay, Qui-Gon's dead. Now I'm going to look at the dark side. He's already there. And the justification is to point the fingers at the Jedi. Um, still coming from a place of heartbreak, still coming pl- from a place of a uh, you know, sense of tragedy with the loss of Qui-Gon, but just like, that's that one thing I needed. Got it. Got it. This all makes sense to me now. And I'm going to justify this decision in my mind. Cause uh, you, and you can't be pulled back from that. There's moments it breaks, it cracks some of the, the, the beautiful heartbreaking moments with Yaddle. Mm-hmm. And, Yaddle kind of say, you know, you were right. It, it, there, there's things that go on. There's even things in our real world where you can go, yeah, yeah, I understand questioning that. I understand wanting to look deeper into that. But I don't think you are. I think you're just using other things around the issue to point at the issue and go, see, there it's wrong. I'm good doing what I'm doing on the outside. And I think that's kind of what's at play here. So it, it's all on the table, Robert. And at the end of the day, the biggest loss for a lot of people is the death of Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think very very well said. I think it, it is in that place of uh, I'm furious. Uh, I think there's so much great stuff in Tales of the Jedi of like Dooku's got some ego. He's invested in being a powerful Jedi who can walk in and make a difference, make a decision, and he feels chained, and he wants to be unleashed and use his power and feel his power. He's feeling all these dark side uh, things, and then this is the thing that makes him go, yep, yep. They killed my boy. (laughs) I think he really loves, I love how much it's clear that he loves Qui-Gon like a son. Like it's, it's a deep connection. And like, Mm -hmm. and and this is, you know, uh, as I always say, I love the epic mythic Star Wars uh, stories that can remind me of, of small moments in, in real life. I think it's like when I want to be, I'm having a bad day and I want to be mad at someone and I want them to have done something wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can stay mad. And sometimes you find out, Oh, it's a misunderstanding. And I spent 15 minutes ranting to my partner about that person <laughs> did blah, 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 like, Oh, Oh, I, I totally misunderstood. No, but I kind of wanted to stay angry. Um, you know, we're always at war with the dark side. And, and I think that's a, a big version, a big galactic version of what's happening to Dooku. Yeah, and we did the Force Center scene by scene on the the Dooku uh, Kenobi scene in Attack of the Clones. I think it's one of our favorite scenes uh, mm-hmm. over the years, and and it just scene becomes even even more and more powerful and even more and more important as as it inspires storytelling, like more of Dooku's backstory and Tales of the Jedi. And um, that scene again, I always look at it as like, hey, who do you trust? And Obi Wan, you've been maybe lied to, but I'm telling you the truth. And yeah, Dooku's telling some truths, but really, if you were to slow down, uh, you know, I, I to this day don't think uh, Qui Gon would have joined him. Mm-hmm. He might have been like, you got a point there, got a point there. Don't have, I don't like that point. <laughs> I think it would have been a discussion. Uh, there would have been some Qui Gon Dooku discourse going on, but. Um, from Dooku's point of view, that was the truth. And Kenobi uh, was faced with some hard stuff right there, but he had to find the light, find the truth, and makes that scene much more powerful. No, I really agree. Uh, uh, and I think by Attack of the Clones, maybe Dooku has convinced himself that Qui-Gon would join him uh, in his continued rationalization of, like, he Qui-Gon knew what was wrong with the Senate in the Jedi. Yeah, I, but I cannot imagine 
<laughs> a world where uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon would have sat down and, and Dooku would have been like, we really need a, a, our own government. We need to do this. And uh, I'm going to start a violent war <laughs> and yeah. slaughter uh, trillions in a violent, pointless, manipulated war. I, I think Qui-Gon would have been like, maybe some other ways to address this, I think. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. he's he is so deeply manipulating Obi-Wan in that scene, I think. For me, it's fun to kind of not know. Has Dooku convinced himself that Qui-Gon would have joined him? Or is he just saying that to really twist the knife with Obi-Wan in those manipulations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think going back to even just that scene, Tech the Clones, of like, I I think it, it it rings so true to Kenobi in that moment and in this moment of doubt because I, I think you're right. I think Dooku has gotten to the point where, yeah, this is absolutely true. This is the answer. I'm telling you, it's like it. I knew him. I knew him. I knew Qui-Gon. He believes it, so he's trying to convince you. Again, the, the stakes are high. Yeah, stakes are high and really undermines Obi-Wan's confidence in himself, confidence in the Jedi, if there's even a slight inkling of, did I really not know my master? Would he have really made these different choices? Are things even worse than I thought? You know? Yeah. Powerful. So you, you said that you do think, to answer uh, Robert's uh, final question, that Qui-Gon would have a chance at turning Dooku back if he had lived. It, why do you feel that way? I I, I feel I feel that the this connection was strong and that this also would have been timeline becomes foggy, especially with the new Tales of Jedi stuff, but there would have been a number of years for Qui-Gon to get at him. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a long form. I still think Dooku was already there, not necessarily signed the the paperwork on his new Sith robe, but like <laughs> I, I, he was he was sliding right and 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 already making big decisions by the time. But Qui Gon's dying; he's already he and Palps are already working on things, right? Um, but so uh, if if he if he hadn't started his new job, I think there would have been time. But it's 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 I say a good chance. Meaning, uh, almost saying that out of respect for the the love and respect they had between each other. But mm -hmm. I still think, um, you know, again, not to take too specific real world stuff, but there, there's those situations in our own lives where you just have to go, you know what, I'm trying to talk to you. I don't think I'm going to reach you. And this is sad, but, you know, you're going your way, I'm going mine. And I think that could have been at, at stake uh, with the Qui-Gon and Dooku's relationship there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think because they were so aligned on what the problems were mm -hmm. uh, in in the galaxy that maybe that is an entry point of like I I agree with you. There's got to be a better way to address that than causing all of this pain. And and even though you're right about the issues, what are you getting out of it, Dooku? Is this really yeah. about the issues, or is this about the fact that you kind of resent that you never got to know your family? Um, do you uh, resent feeling held, being held back in, in how you use your power and when you want to use it? Uh, is this more about you than it is about the galaxy? Even though we all agree uh, about mm. the galaxy, I think Qui-Gon would be in a good place to make those arguments. And I feel like that Tales of the Jedi, the, the earlier episode where, where Dooku does go pretty dark and Qui-Gon stops him and Dooku th mm. basically says thanks. I think they also both know like this dynamic has been at play for a long, long time, you know? Yeah. Um, and in some ways it can be easier to turn to somebody when you have a problem, when you know that they know that you've been wrestling with this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's some of that there. I also generally feel 
uh, I have a personal strong opinion that's that Star Wars is is really careful about how it tells the story of uh, turning people away from the dark side, getting them to make a, a, a better choice. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, on a scale for me, <laughs> Vader's yeah. the hardest, uh, Ben, Ben Solo's <laughs> a five. What, yeah. what would a Dooku Ben an eight? Like it's not a, a it, it's yeah. about the relationships. The, the reason Luke's needs to face mm. Vader is because they have a relationship. Um, mm. uh, so I feel like Star Wars does a, a good, a good job of often telling the story of, if the person who has turned to the dark side can any way justify blaming you, you're not going to be able to get through them. Uh, Obi-Wan had no chance to get through to Anakin. I think even Ahsoka didn't really have a chance to get to Anakin because even though she was a a, a Padawan, a a sister, a daughter figure to him, she left him. Yeah. You know, and I I think he's got that resentment there of like, well, maybe this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't left me. Um, Luke, I don't think, I think that's Luke's knowledge on crate of like, I helped push you over the edge in that one horrible moment. And I know what that's like. And I know you're not going to listen to me. Maybe you'll listen to your dad, (laughs) the memory of your dad. Maybe you'll listen to your mom. Maybe you'll listen to Ray someday, but I know you're not going to listen to me right now. And I think that Qui-Gon is in that position to be like, Mm. you know, quite uh, Dooku didn't want to listen to Yaddle mea culpa after the fact yeah yeah he wasn't gonna listen to yoda he sure as hell wasn't gonna listen to mace windu right Uh, (laughs) people he could blame but could he blame Mm qui-gon i think that's why qui-gon might have a chance to get through to him because i think down deep dooku might feel like i'm saying qui-gon would be with me but i know he wouldn't i know he'd be so disappointed in me yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I no, I love to say this is when we get into the, the the emotional weeds of Star Wars, and 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 even going to the the Ahsoka Anakin moment at the end of Clone Wars, like I think Anakin's in that spot too. He's he's probably he clearly, you know, the Ahsoka factor, and he like you said, kind of upset. Uh, you left me too, but man, what a way to kind of turn that back on the Order and the light side and the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. You did another thing you did to me, another thing you're doing to me. And uh, that's the little twist on it, going even to the Duke and Qui-Gon of it all, uh, and it being a final straw. So it's, it's an emotional final straw indeed from a certain point of view. Yeah, very much agreed. Great question, Robert. Thank you very much. We're going to move on to our next question. This comes to us uh, from patron on Patreon, Stephen Campbell. Stephen says, hello there, Ken and Joseph. A lighthearted question for you. Between the Bad Batch, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and or, and the Mandalorian Season 3, we have been fortunate to be spending much more time on Coruscant. Uh, while experiencing these new stories, old thoughts I had from watching the prequels started popping into my mind. What's the deal with Coruscant's air traffic control? <laughs> <laughs> On screen, we see these massive buildings reaching into the atmosphere with all the aerial vehicles traveling in organized paths across the planet. Whenever mm-hmm. we see our characters traveling across the city, they always violate traffic safety laws, mm-hmm. travel however they wish, and face no repercussions. I understand mm-hmm. that many of these instances are due to an emergency, such as Anakin and Obi-Wan's chase in Attack of the Clones or Keller and Beck's escape in The Mandalorian. But on the other hand, we have Dr. Pershing, a reformed Imperial, getting special treatment by not having to sit in the Coruscant traffic and taking the shortcut to the amnesty <laughs> housing. What gives? Since you have both expressed your frustration with traffic in California, I'm sure you'd be <laughs> upset 
Well, if some person bypassed you all with a sense of importance. Thanks for your thoughts. Keep up the great work and may the force be with you. What are your thoughts, Ken? There is so many thoughts. So many thoughts. Uh, so for, I, the big reason I'm laughing, I love this question, Stephen, is there's a moment when Dr. Pershing is, uh, Pershing is being transported by that droid that I, it's an awkward moment for me, but I love it because it's so awkward where the droid is looking back at talking to him and Pershing is kind of like, uh, uh, hey, hey, look at the road type of thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if the droid needs to do that with sensors and whatnot. Uh, but like, I, that was one of the times where it was like, well, yeah, what are the rules in court? Like, is there a stoplight? Like, are you going to run a stoplight? Like, what are you doing? Um, so I have thought about this and I love that there's chaos there. I love that all these chases. That's why I love the opening of, uh, of uh, attack the clones, right? Just it's like, mm-hmm. love the music, love the vibe, but it's what's the rules there. And I'll tell you, you know, that I'm this seasoned world traveler, having spent time in Paris, <laughs> It ain't got California got nothing on Paris. California, you just sit for a long time. Mm-hmm. All right, you just sit. It's a patience game. How how long till you get angry? All right, that's California traffic. Paris was insane to me. We're just no no rules. There was no rules. <laughs> it's it's the more more coruscant like in New York too as well. But like New York too is also like how long are you gonna be in this intersection? When even the fire trucks are like I don't know the lights are going. We'll get there somehow. Um, Paris was coruscant to me, and I don't I don't. Uh, what gives is a good question. I would love to see like, like traffic uh, cop droids in Corson. Like what are, what tickets are you riding for? Cause the, I don't even know. I would love to go. I'd love to see uh, tales of the Jedi, but tales of Coruscant traffic school edition. Like when you have to, how do you learn the rules? Let's explain that Filoni. Yeah. Yeah. There, no, see, I was certain I went to the same place and I was certain I had some memory of uh, a clone wars chase. Cause there are so many Coruscant mm-hmm. clone wars chases. Like, I feel like I've heard sirens. Uh, so <laughs> it took a couple Googles to try to find uh, the right Wikipedia article for uh, right. <laughs> uh, right. Coruscant uh, uh, traffic cops. <laughs> so it was a fun Google, but I was reminded that uh, we do see uh, some kind of uh, police speeder, traffic speeder uh, responding to a pursuit in the Clone Wars episode, uh, Pursuit of Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, here's the Wikipedia the Wikipedia entry is Amidala was fighting with Hoikia uh, over control of the speeder with Robinone. Rob, uh, I picked the one with the hardest name to say, <laughs> Raminer. They flew past two police droids holding a position on a corner street in a croissant police speeder. So they flew past <laughs> a speed trap. The droids immediately began the pursuit and Amidala was finally able to briefly shake off the two bounty hunters. As she turned the mm-hmm. corner, several police speeders surrounded her, bringing the chase to a stop. Amidala mm. demanded the thugs to be arrested, but not seeing Robinino or Hyoki, uh, the police only noted the speeder was stolen and placed Amidala under arrest. So that was one of the most like traffic cops in a chase uh, mm. scenes that, that we have in Star Wars on Coruscant. I got to go. Yeah, uh, seek that out again. I know we covered it on Clone's report, but that's amazing. And yeah. it, I, I, shout out to the traffic stormtrooper cops. <laughs> on, on, oh, is it Corellia? It, yeah. It's so- uh, not the, the yeah, patrol bikers, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's all fascinating. And, and by the way, I love getting in, into the weeds on the emotions of Qui Gon Dooku, and I love just going, "What? How do you get to where you get? Like, where's the on ramps in Coruscant?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that visual of Coruscant because for me, part of it is the absolute whimsy of its mm-hmm. space fantasy. It's the Tie Fighters uh, make noises in space. It's we're not gonna 
explain tracking fobs just trust us or like or how do the mandalorians make their jetpacks go back muscles yeah. it seems like maybe maybe there's a button who knows yeah, yeah. There's, there's parts of star wars where i feel like uh i know that there are fans who love the cross sections and visual dictionary mm-hmm. and, and explanations and, and i got i'm not here to uh kill anybody's buzz about that but i like mm-hmm. it when there are parts of star wars are like yeah we're going to create something that makes you go how are they doing that? And then we're not going to answer you on purpose because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we want to have fun with the space fantasy. So I, I, to me, I've always kind of taken the traffic lanes in Coruscant to be that kind of thing of like, yeah, mm-hmm. bonkers. How do they do that? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, go, I, I go wouldn't ahead. want to explain either. I, I want it now to be a real running joke through all of Star Wars. Oh yeah. <laughs> How are they doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, yeah. I mean, I think a part of me feels like they have, you know, sensors to help them stay in lanes that maybe the beat, mm-hmm. maybe the, the uh, seats shake if they go out of their lanes. Um, yeah. You know, maybe uh, maybe Anakin's uh, and other characters are hot wiring things or uh, mm-hmm. turning off alerts. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, now, I want to ask you a question, though, because this is, this is a, a thing that's been stuck in my mind for many, many years this is a thing my brother said. My brother's three years older than me, but he was not, uh, he wasn't anxious about getting his, his license right when he turned 16, but I was, and I think he brought this up when I was, uh, you know, trying to get my license the second I could, which uh, spoiler alert did not work out. Um, but he j- just said to my, he's just kind of uh, thoughtful uh, staring off in the distance. just said to my parents, like, it's amazing. The only thing that stops us from just running head on into one another and just murdering one another constantly is just a line on the ground. We're just all agreeing to a line on the ground or we'd be all be killing each other every day. And that put a real hamper in, <laughs> in my parents being excited about me getting a license. Uh, but it is like we look at those air lanes like, how do they do that? And like all it's lines in the real world. It's lines. That's it. And hope. Lines <laughs> and, and hope. And like, yeah, sometimes there's a divider and there are traffic lights yeah. and all that. But like, yeah. you know, barreling down a county freeway at 80, 90 yeah. miles an hour, which people do every day, it's a thin line. Yeah. My question is, is it is that that different from what we see in Coruscant? I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, and there's some, some uh, not making a lot of, there's some dangerous roads or in my old neck of the woods, mm-hmm. uh, the 40, 46, the James Dean uh, highway. It's scary stuff out there. And, and, and now that you're, you're pointed out, I'm not leaving the house today. Um, <laughs> it is, it's just, there's so many times that it's just the, it's just the balance of nature that keeps it all, <laughs> all working. That's society right there. We yeah. both agree that this line should not be crossed. It is mutually beneficial for us to not cross this line. Yeah. And then, and then once, you know, once you're there, of course, and you probably used it again, like the the uh, example, I keep saying Paris, like every one of those cabs slash ride share cars we got into, it wasn't stressing them out. Oh, no. It's just me in the back going that there's a motor, there's a, there's a moped right there. Ah, there's a, now there's a big rig. Oh God. And, and it, they were, that was just Tuesday for them. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's no no real air like you get in, uh, at least I experienced in, in American sort of uh, traffic school and testing of uh, your hands are here on the wheel, the signal mm-hmm. you're, no, you, you just go, you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the last part of Stephen's question about uh, Dr. Pershing getting special treatment? Does that, uh, does that anger you? No, I do like you pointing this out. I just, it was a nice ride. You know, it was, uh, they, they treated him with a little bit of respect. All right. He just spoke. He just gave his Ted talk. 
And uh, I think he, you know, deserves a car right straight to it. I'm okay with it. I don't, you know, I think he, it's, it's a, it was, it's a privilege there, but I think it was a, a well-earned one from him. I thought, cause he approached to me, he approached it all with good faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine with the, uh, with special lanes in, mm-hmm. in course on air traffic or the real world for emergencies or like a, not a carpool, I guess, but an airspeeder pool. I hope yeah. they have those lanes on Coruscant. Uh, right. But yeah, there, there's maybe some, some social privilege there going on with Dr. Pershing uh, is speaking at this exclusive event. Uh, I don't know if he always gets the special treatment, but yeah, it, it didn't make me, uh, it didn't make me furious. No, 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 no. What gives indeed. But yeah. And, and uh, yeah, a lot going on in course and we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah, in the yeah the 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 traffic in there's bad traffic uh, everywhere I've ever lived. There's bad traffic in Minneapolis. Some, uh, a person from LA once asked me like, "What's it like to not have a rush hour?" <laughs> like, we have rush hours in Minneapolis. And they're yeah. maybe not as long. Uh, it's like two or three rush hours, not like five hours of rush hour like Los yeah. Angeles. But we we still have them. Uh, yeah, yeah it's it, it's some of that. It's the freeway stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while, there's the uh, there's that that uh, <laughs> that energy in Hollywood of like, what if I just went in front of you? What if it was my big break now? What if what if uh, what if the the uh, I got a casting call in my yeah. mind, and that means I could just pull out in front of you? How about that? Well, I, yeah, I, I think Stephen's touching upon the, the real world challenges uh, that we all face with the dark side. I said, you know, the frustration that just it's a patience, uh, how soon you patience game, how soon you're going to get angry. That's the kind of stuff that happens where I feel is like you're in your car and I'll just say it. Most of the time they're beamers and and <laughs> you feel you belong in front of me where I'm most of the time I'll let you in. Like I believe in the zipper theory. Like I oh, go, yeah. you go, go like that. That We all flow. I, I often let people in and whatnot um but when you when you act you don't give me the chance to give you the grace is where i get upset and i think on course then that would be part of the, the problem absolutely i hope they're all polite drivers i really hope mm-hmm. so uh but I, I i would be happy to watch much more uh content just about uh mm-hmm. the traffic on Coruscant. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a question from twitter and the power of the light side back in a moment 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we are back with another cue. We will prepare the A's. This comes to us uh, on Twitter from Justin Anderson. Uh, and Justin says, following the Bad Batch, what do you think the next ongoing animated series will be about? And what would you like it to be about set when, etc. Now, this is something that uh, a question that comes up. I think we've talked about it on uh, some live streams, uh, but I want to be sure to include it on our cues episode because it's a it's a big question. We have a little bit of elbow room to dive mm. in because I, I think we'll I'll know I'm going to repeat myself about what I want yeah. to be the next animated series. But I'm also really interested in talking about if there's going to be another animated series. Mm. Um, so I, I want to start there, Ken, and get your thoughts on this. I am, uh, I, I want there uh, to be, I'd be thrilled if uh, mm. I, I stopped talking and there was an announcement on Twitter of here's our next animated series after Bad Batch coming in 2024. Mm. Um, but I, I question whether there's another ongoing animated show like Bad Batch. Uh, if there mm. is one coming soon, it would have already been in development for a while now, and they would have been doing a really good job keeping a lid on it. Uh, but Bad Batch got launched with, it seems like to me, a three-season order from the get-go, probably, based mm -hmm. on their production schedule, or or an extremely fast green light um, mm -hmm. on the second and third seasons. Um, but it was... It was at the beginning of Disney Plus where we need a lot of stuff coming. Uh, mm -hmm. We got the Clone Wars final season and that's going to roll right into Bad Batch. But now we're in a development period where the where streaming uh, is being questioned in whether 
the volume of shows is this volume of shows necessary to keep our subscribers that all that makes me really wonder if they have an ongoing animated show uh banked um or if we'll be looking at more short bursts like here's season two of tales of the jedi here's another volume of visions maybe more young jedi adventures but not a clone wars rebels bad batch type show I think it's a great point. It's something we haven't really discussed before. Yeah, this is a great question. We call them the force center temperature check questions of what are you feeling right now? And quite frankly, my answer changes a lot because my desires for another animated show changes a lot. So we can get to that. But I, I actually kind of agree with you. Um, I don't love scoop culture and everything, but like remember young uh, uh, Tales of the Jedi and like even young Jedi adventures kind of leaked out there that the, mm-hmm. there was some artwork and stuff. And again, I don't support that kind of stuff. But uh, there's nothing yet, so maybe they've learned to keep it a little more under lock and key. Uh, you know, no one's uh, sneaking in parking garages next by uh, next door to an animation studio and taking photos. But there's a lot that's changed, and and one of the things, um, uh, you know, Filoni's moved on to live action, but you know, still has his hand in it, and executive producing and an idea guy and Tales of Jedi is very much from him. But there's wonderful names behind him that can continue the tradition. Jennifer Corbett, Brad Rao, uh, Athena Portillo, uh, mm-hmm. Beck, overseen so many things at a higher level. Um, so I, I hope that they can. But but yeah, it's a different game right now. And Bad Batch season two, I, I, I'm kind of telling people in private conversations. So I'll say it now here. It's kind of my favorite of, of Star Wars television so far, and that's what I love for Kenobi, a love for Andor, a love for Mando, but Bad Batch season two moved me and, and surprised me and, and was something um, that I wasn't expecting and, and just kind of enriched my my Star Wars fandom, I felt. So I'd love to see more of this, but I don't know what it did in terms of numbers. They'll never really tell us, which is, by the way, part of the reason we're striking. Uh, they're striking. Um, they hide those numbers really well. Um, so I, 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 I do question if we'll have something immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, yeah, that question of numbers, I think it is, you know, the you can find wonderful threads about this. Um, I, I would recommend uh, John Rogers on Twitter, uh, J-O-N-R-O-G-1 is his handle. If you're looking for just more uh, a consolidated place to get, get big picture stuff on the strike. But yeah, it definitely is. I and mean, part of it, what writers are talking about is like, well, if if there's massive, massive value in a show, like this is how many millions of views it's getting maybe that should be reflected in in what mm-hmm. what the writer's being paid but it also it, to me not knowing the numbers for something like bad batch that that i loved and, and would go to the mat for it's also just about this relationship between uh the the streamers and the companies and the audience mm. um i mean you you remember it when more things were were network mm-hmm. and Every once in a while, audiences could save a show because we understood the metrics of like, okay, not enough people are watching, so Honda isn't buying ad time during this show. Well, let's show show Honda there's enough of us, or let's show the network that there's enough of us watching. Um, and not knowing the numbers of something like Bad Batch, to, to me, makes the difference because, like, I don't know, like, what do I need to do to let What's the metric that Disney Plus would consider a new animated show like Bad Batch to be important? Yeah. The audience doesn't know, so how can we advocate for it? We can just go, I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that, that's a, an essential thing to me about all this, too. A little bit of a, a side 
conversation there, but we're we're in that era of, of talk. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I absolutely love the Bad Batch. I had a good talk with a, a friend recently on a on a podcast that's not out yet um, about uh, she initially kind of really really picked up on the fun premise of the Bad Batch is the here's here's uh, four dudes with a shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to tell her like it, it goes so much deeper, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the amount of depth in that they've accomplished in Bad Batch, the actual beauty of the animation is mm-hmm. so great. And I would love that style uh, of animation and some of that creative team, maybe even other people like you're listening step up. That would be so mm-hmm. great. But uh, I'm I'm concerned that there's that it's being questioned and animation takes so long to develop, and. Yeah depending on whatever metrics there are inside Disney plus of what, what do we want other than the very ambiguous more content mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. people don't drop their subscriptions. Is there a metric of, we need a, we need a new star war of some kind, right? This many weeks of the year or whatever. And then, so then the question to me is if, if that is a metric, is that being fulfilled by season two of tales of the Jedi, which I'm thrilled about? Uh, of visions volume three in a couple of years uh, right you know a green light for young jedi adventures season two in, in a couple months is that enough or is there a feeling that we need another bad match mm-hmm. that's a great point that even something like visions or, or uh tales of jedi could could suffice and i don't want that to be the case but business-wise that could make sense going forward yeah for at least me a future yeah, and I, I'm thrilled with Tales of Jedi and Visions. This is not in any way a criticism of those. And I think there has been a real focus on the animation side, everything from Forces of Destiny to the Galaxy of Adventures uh, to now Young Jedi Adventures to to know that animation is a good place to get young Star Wars fans started. So I think they'll keep being things like that no matter what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if... If we were so lucky to have uh, what we want is uh, another Bad Batch, another Clone Wars, another Rebels, uh, another Resistance. I think some people would would put that uh, on the same level, even though it was pitched to a slightly uh, lower age demographic uh, initially. Um, if there was another ongoing Star Wars series, where is uh, where is the where are the waves of the Force taking you? What do you want today? Yeah, we we keep going to this. You know, hey, there's a lot of time. Um, you know, between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens, m- many of it, uh, many of those uh, periods of time now, different eras being celebrated in the Mandoverse and then what's now called the New Republic era. There's still, to me, this wide open space and we can move even closer to the events uh, of Force Awakens, not unlike Star Wars Resistance, which, by the way, take some of those characters and explore them going forward. Uh, you know, same style, maybe, I don't know, age it up, age it up a little bit, but I, I think uh, you and I would agree. And, and a lot of people listening that uh, the two seasons of, of very interesting, intriguing star Wars storytelling mixed in with some different vibes that maybe didn't work for everybody. Totally get it. But Kaz is a great character. Uh, Jerrica Yeager is a great character. I mean, there's so many wonderful mm-hmm. stories. Uh, in that time period, um, uh, the Doza family, everything about it. So, so I, 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 I'm t- today my focus is on that and how you could take those those characters, some of them at least post Rise of Skywalker, um, and and if and if we're saying there's some time, you know, they're just now kind of saying, hey, we got these three films we're going to do, and this is uh, New Jedi Order is part of the era going forward. Um, 
uh, you know, Ray's got her story on the big screen, but like you, you could move into a series that kind of f- gets us 15 years in the future in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, State of the galaxy. There's that, that comment we talked on news uh, this week. of Kathleen Kennedy say, you know, the Jedi are in chaos. We don't even know how many Jedi are out there. It's state of the galaxy thing. That'd be a great place to explore it on a, on a more granular level, uh, taking some of those characters we've already had established, mix them in with some ones that we know. Yeah, I would love that. I, I think some people felt like Kaz was going to be force sensitive, that he had these sort of, um, <laughs> the sort of the, the, the clumsy force was with him. Oh, I, he knocked things down <laughs> yeah. and it worked out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that would be fascinating to explore, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really great idea. Um, I know it is a, a repetition, but it is the truth in my heart. I, I would love a Luke Skywalker's Jedi Order show. When mm-hmm. you and I have been talking about that in in different uh, combinations for years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've both been like, oh, what would Luke and Lor Santeca going around discovering Jedi stuff. I think uh, I'd, love, I'd love to have some Lor Santeca stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But what Same. I would really, really love is a Luke Skywalker's Jedi Order. Uh, if they keep to the canon of that Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, we see that he's got not only a school on Ossus, but what appears to be an order with uh, mm-hmm. some Jedi out in the galaxy on missions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if I got my timeline right, uh, the, the Force Awakens, it's about six years earlier where everything falls apart. So mm-hmm. if you had a series set about 10 years before The Force Awakens, so you got a, an older Ben Solo who could be going out on missions. There's nothing that we've seen to say he's a student of Luke's, but there's nothing to say that he's not being sent out on solo missions as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got four years, four solid seasons to build to uh, the the fateful moments, much like the Clone Wars have have Luke and Ben main characters like Anakin and Obi-Wan. But maybe we meet a Jedi that we didn't know the way we met rex and ahsoka and we go on their journey too and i think as a a huge fan of luke skywalker there's there's a desire for me to see uh just like i'm on about justice for the jedi i think i'm a little bit on uh justice for luke i love the last jedi and i think everything in it 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 tracks beautifully um Mm -hmm. but I think Luke is being hard on himself of like, yep, he, he, he made some mistakes. He couldn't keep Ben from the dark side. And he had that moment of seeing this horrible vision of everything that would fall apart because of Ben falling to the dark side. And he had a brief instinct to try to stop it. Uh, maybe that, maybe that's Jedi defense. Maybe that's uh, selfish. I'm going to lose what I love. And then mm. he realizes he's wrong instantly and turns the blade off. Yeah. But but it was just it was that one moment of weakness that really pushed Ben over the edge. And that's what Luke is tearing himself up about. He so wants to be perfect. And he had mm-hmm. one moment and he can't forgive himself for it. And that's what I, I love that story in The Last Jedi. But I think mm-hmm. there's plenty of room to show that for many years he made great choices and he helped lots of people. Uh, and he was a good Jedi master uh, in that there was a reason that maybe his ego got a little bit away from him because he was effing awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think there's room to tell a, some triumphs of Luke Skywalker that um, still absolutely work with his beautiful story in, Mm -hmm. in the last Jedi, in my opinion. 
The Triumphs of Luke Skywalker, a new series coming soon. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah, it, 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 there's just a reality of of we had 30 plus years between these movies, uh, between that character story, you know, six and seven, and 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 and, and so just by default, you lost out on some Luke stories. No matter yep. what you did with him in seven, there's there's so many adventures still to hear and and because we did get a lot in legends i understand uh, uh that maybe you felt like you missed him maybe you wanted more you wanted more time with that luke i i understand that and that's why the, his appearance amanda was good uh you know uh tear inducing for people mm-hmm. i'm there for those emotions so uh, if, if an animated series the best way to explore that on, on that deep of a level sign me up sign yeah. me up yeah because i'm there for the triumphs of luke and i'm there for the the seeds of of yeah, hubris yeah. and the seeds of I don't quite know how to get through to Ben. I'm trying so hard, but I don't quite know how to get through to him. Maybe it's a mistake to have him more isolated from his mom and his dad. Maybe that isn't what he needs. And, and having those seeds of doubt and getting to spend time with them as well and, and treat Luke the way Obi-Wan and Anakin are treated in the Clone Wars as uh, animated series is heroes who are fallible. Um, yeah. And then, you know, hey, Ben Solo, <laughs> pretty great character to spend some time with. Um, and I think the other part of the reason that I'm so excited about this possibility is it feels in line with, uh, with what's going on behind the scenes in that Filoni has said in interviews that it's great that Mando succeeded. And now we can maybe flesh out that big question of what happened between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. We've all wondered and now there's room to maybe tell some of those stories. And the fact that Filoni himself has been interested in telling Luke Skywalker stories and showing the building of Ossus and the school um, makes me feel like a, a, a creator who is positioned to help make this happen is interested in uh, marking the timeline of of the arc mm. of these characters and, and having some ideas of where they go. Like, I absolutely love the idea of a, a resistance type uh, uh, mm. show about Kaz and, and Yeager um, in, mm. in the time after Rise of Skywalker. But there's those production questions of, mm. well, is, is the state of the galaxy in, in the new Jedi order Ray movie defined enough that animation could tell that story without accidentally stepping on something? Indeed, yeah. Where where this is, uh, I think Filoni's got the Filoni and Favreau. I think have the keys to this time period right now, so mm. it's possible. More than possible, and, and and it's it's definitely on their mind. So the the handling, the the appearance of Luke and Mando was was wonderful. Uh, I think the handling of Luke and his his vibe, um, technology and all, but the vibe, the character, this moment in the book of Boba Fett was. Uh, showed a, a great understanding of him in this time and where he was, where he's going. And, and yes, we know where he'll end up, but the building blocks are there. So I'm with you. There's some hope in there. Yeah. yeah. And an awesome new shirt that I'm going to get many action figures of for Luke <laughs> The triumphs of Luke's. Uh, one day, I, I go on about the, the desire for that uh, Luke's Jedi Order with a young Ben Solo uh, show. But so I did want to throw out another option. I think. I think my preference would be to to see this character in live action, but I think mm-hmm. another fun option would be something like Dr. Afra, just like really yeah. surprising different vibe for an ongoing animated show, different tone, uh, something with uh, fan recognition for, for her Legion 
of fans mm-hmm. on the publishing side, but um, but a, a fun surprise to viewers who don't know her yet. I, I think I would prefer live action uh, mm-hmm. to animation for Dr. Afra, but it's exciting to think about those possibilities too. That's a great answer. One we haven't really discussed much. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, this is a character that's been around for a pretty long time in the, <laughs> in, in, in history here. Uh, 2014 seems like a long time ago if, and, and just yesterday. Uh, but that's that con- all, all her stories have a, have this wild edge to them that that is kind of uh, at times bonkers Star Wars that might lend itself to animation uh, even more than live action. But I'm with you. I, I probably prefer live action, but that's a great way to maybe move that character forward. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. I, I hope I would love to be wrong and I hope they announce a new uh, long running animation mm-hmm. show soon, yeah. along with Tales of the Jedi and Visions and Young Jedi Adventures. Mm-hmm. Totally with um, you on that. Excellent. All right. We are going to move on to our final segment, and that is Power of the Light Side. If you are a patron on Patreon, we put out a call for just a a fun memory, a happy memory, a a way that Star Wars has moved you or made a difference in your life. Uh, You can go to the post page and scroll down to the picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi smiling at the Skywalker twins, and you'll see the call for these submissions. This one comes to us from Ethan Truman. Ethan says, hello, Force Center. My Power of the Light side today is about community, specifically this wonderful Force Center community. As I'm writing this, it is the Sunday of Celebration 2023, and I'm sitting on my couch watching the live stream and chatting on the Patreon Discord server about everything going on across the pond this weekend. It's been so great to feel the community spirit this weekend as we have all been celebrating together, whether we are in London on the convention floor or we are in our own homes, on our own couches, in our pajamas at 4 a.m. It's been especially great for me because I don't have a lot of people in my life that I can get this far into the weeds with about the thing I love. My wife is patient with me and will listen to me go on and on about Grand Admiral Thrawn, (laughs) Wilhelm Screams, Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau, Real Row Hood and Narkeena Five Prisoners. But it has been great to be able to connect with a group of people for which none of those things need any explanation and who already speak that language. So thank you to all of the lovely people and to you, Ken and Joseph, for creating such a nerdy, accepting, and loving fan community. I hope one day I'll be able to make the trek to a celebration in person. May the Force be with you always. May the Force be with you, Ethan. This is great. Ken, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, as we always say, but we're going to we're gonna keep saying it. We'll never stop saying it. It's you out there that make this community uh, such a wonderful spot, the Force Center community. But uh, the celebration vibes, even from far away. You, you, Ethan's making me wistful for last month, Joseph. That uh, that experience out there in London ended up being so rewarding. When I, I, I admit I had some anxieties and some trepidation about getting out there, just like I do with Tokyo. It's it's a big trip for us, but just like it was a big trip for a lot of you to come out here to Anaheim and Orlando. At uh, all, uh, it just it's so nice. And and my memories, there's so many wonderful memories, right? That we formed uh, immediately. But I love. Uh, you know, I would get up and, and leave the hotel and, and go forage for some sort of breakfast. And there was a couple of grocery stores near us. And I would go get my my Oasis uh, black currant flavored f- drink, whatever it was in the morning coffee, <laughs> and pass by those two hotels. Is that little stretch of lane there leading to the convention center? And just seeing all the people getting dropped off, getting off the the, the, the train, getting off the getting out the cars, the the, the black cabs and, and the rideshare cars dressed or carrying a lightsaber, and knowing that they're going to that convention to feel that vibe, and knowing that that vibe was also felt on Ethan's couch at 4 a.m. It, it's truly a 
a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and, and hold, we'll hold on to that as the fandom always will have its rough seas. It's got to navigate, but uh, great stuff. Ethan. Yeah, no, I, I, so many great, um, celebration memories that are about community. I, I remember, um, one of the days I realized like, Oh, I had, uh, I, I have a window where I can, uh, dart onto the show floor and, and re- really dive deep into <laughs> action figures. And I, I passed, uh, two women uh, dressed uh, both as Clone Wars Padme outfits, two different Clone Wars Padme outfits. And mm. it, it just like, uh, it, it is that kind of deep dive of like, definitely can find people on, on social media who are into, into Padme and all that. But to just like see that, um, that level of, of love and that depth of love to have mm-hmm. created costumes from the Clone Wars animated series. Um yeah. Those kind of moments are great. And it's it's really great to hear that that the um the spirit of celebration came across uh to to the CouchCon uh mm-hmm. you know part of celebration, which I've definitely been involved in. I did not go to Orlando when when mm-hmm. it was in London in 2016, I was not uh able to go. Uh, mm-hmm. um and, and in CouchCon I think has a a different wonderful vibe because in a way you're you're connecting with people sort of uh, magically from across time and space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 4 a.m. in your pajamas and uh in a lot of ways people at home can process the news much better, you know, mm-hmm. actually watch the trailers uh multiple times without uh fighting with hotel Wi-Fi and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's really great to hear this uh report of feeling the celebration community and love and, and really heard and, and really appreciated Ethan about um, the four center community. I feel like um, on social media, on, on Twitter, when people respond uh, specifically to our posts uh, in general on our, our YouTube comment section, I think a lot of places have had uh, a really positive community of people who truly want to celebrate star Wars and when they don't like about it, something about it, discuss it in a friendly way and knowing that the discord is, is hopping and people are able to have those conversations. It means a lot to me. And also it means a lot to me um, for the obvious value of it, but Mm. also to just be able to sort of explain my life to people who sometimes don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had the conversation with, with friends who are just, they're not as connected to the pop culture world. They don't mm-hmm. know that they're, how much community can come from it. That yes, it is absolutely about loving the thing, but it is also about finding, finding friendship and, and community uh, mm-hmm. through something. So sometimes I'll, I'll tell a friend like, well, you know, a, a big thing I do is this Star Wars podcast. And I'm like, you just talk about that one Mando episode four times a week. What, what, (laughs) or if they're kind of grumpy about it, it's like, sorry, you got to talk about that. And like, all right, all right. But what always makes a difference when I talk to people is like, yeah, but, but here's the thing is we've been lucky to, to reach a lot of listeners who love star Wars, like we do. And they don't have often a place where they can be honest about loving it. Cause people will be jerks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just that'll be news to people of like, what, really? You can't just like tweet. I love Star Wars. Like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you might have mm-hmm. to deal with some, some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes people don't know the the level of, of, you know, meanness that can happen on social media, but everybody understands community. And I think when, when I can explain to people that part of what we're doing is, you know, being involved in, in connecting people who, who want to celebrate that makes sense to people. 
Yeah, absolutely. We talk about getting outside that bubble or, or I got a question recently in a, in a meeting situation of someone asked like, Hey, what, what if, what does four center do between shows? Uh, like you just said, oh, the, the, the nice professional way of, do you just talk about Mando over and over? And the answer <laughs> really is, well, we talk about how this makes us feel. And, and then, you know, you plug into that community that feels the same way, which is why we're not focusing all on the negative or, 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 you know, the way we talk about it is important and, and everyone listening knows that, but that's the vibe. That's what keeps us all going. That's what keeps, that's what, that's what kept me going as a Star Wars fan for years. Mm-hmm. How does it make me feel? Um, and, and then, and that's where we start. So thank you. Thank you all you couch counters. Mm-hmm. And thank you, uh, everyone in the discord, everyone, part of the, uh, the, four center community uh if you're in on patreon or on social media or you're not on social media at all but you just listen everyone is a part of uh the four center community and thank you all so much thank you ethan for this great power of the force that is it ken where can people find us Hey, if you want to find us, we are on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Subscribe over there. We got a uh, live show at the end of the month. Figure fights, all that stuff is over there, as well as rebroadcasts of our podcast. Our Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at slash user slash Four Center, Patreon.com slash Four Centers, where you can support us and get into that Discord where you can talk with people like Ethan. And a whole lot more. Follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com for more. Sir, where can I find and follow your adventures? Uh, you can find me on many social media, but not all. I'm waiting for a blue sky invite. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, TikTok, all with the handle at Joseph Scrimshaw. And uh, be on the lookout for uh, some creative projects and announcements coming soon. But for now, that is it for myself, for Ken, for Traffic Control Cops on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. This has been Cues of the Force. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.